Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at DirecTV.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. The college football season is in full swing, and you can make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. And right now, all customers get a $10 parlay bet bonus. Just place a $20 parlay bet and get a $10 bonus win or lose. I've got a four-legger for you guys. We're going Syracuse money line. I believe in the run game. Virginia Tech struggles to stop it. Ole Miss money line. They're a little beat up. Uh, got to win this one at home to stay alive in the West. This is one Lane's not going to lose. Got to see how healthy Corral is but I promise you he's going to play. Bama money line because why would I not bet Alabama to beat Tennessee? Tennessee hasn't beat Alabama since the 1800s. Then give me Purdue money line at home against Wisconsin. Wisconsin still not overly impressive to me. Purdue coming off a big win. Uh, I think Coach Brom's going to have them kind of come back down to earth playing their style of ball, and they're going to win a close one. So that's Syracuse money line, Ole Miss money line, Bama money line, Purdue money line, and your bank account gets happy. All right, so if you want to build your own part Parlay. You can bet it any way you like with spreads, money, lines, and over-unders. And there's a lot of reasons why I use FanDuel Sportsbook and why it's my favorite and why it should be yours. It's really easy for me to navigate. I'm not Steve Jobs by any stretch of the imagination, so the easier it is to use, the easier it is for me. And the live betting. If you haven't tried the live betting, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very competitive. They change really quickly, which makes it fun, and you have to know what you're looking at. That's one of the many reasons. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with promo code JBOY. That's J. A-B-O-Y, to also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code JBOY, J-B-O-Y. Make sure and use it so they know I sent you. 21 and older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $10 plus 400 final price or longer required. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 
1-800-889-9789-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. So thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. Welcome to it. It's Thirsty Thursday, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us live here from the beautiful, the magnificent, the glorious, the effervescent College Football Hall of Fame here in downtown Atlanta. Shout out to the National College Football Foundation, Football Writers Association of America, and all our partners, Wickles, FanDuel, The Volume, everybody. We got a great show planned for you today. Uh, Another sneaky slate this weekend. Nothing that really jumps out at you, but we've got it covered. I'm going to start off. I need to talk to the Florida fans that want to get rid of Dan Mullen. There's something we need to sit down pour a glass, look each other in the eyes, and let's really talk about, because there's a quick fix to this situation. We're going to get Jason Kersey, covers the athletic, or covers Oklahoma, excuse me, for the athletic, talk about the Caleb Williams situation, looking at Oklahoma down the stretch here, some interesting matchups. We've got that schedule pulled up. We're also going to play a game called L.A. or L.A. Which fits better? Which coach fits better? Now, we're not saying these coaches are leaving, but which ones fit LSU Are USC better? That's going to be fun. Kiaris Jackson, Georgia wide receiver, is going to join us. Talk about the bye week, you know, keeping the momentum rolling. Really the messaging this week uh, as they get ready for a huge one next Saturday. The world's largest cocktail party. That's right, I'll say it. I don't care what they changed it to. uh, Florida and Georgia. Uh, Then we're going to give our Thursday bets. And we've been hot. And rumor has it, it's came down from the Death Star. Yep. That the Dark Emperor will be making an appearance today. Old Palp. Old Palp's coming back. Old Palp might be uh, here. My favorite part of the week. But appreciate you guys joining us. Shout out to the Booster Club. Get him hot, Blaine. Get him doing up-downs in there. Let's get him lathered I'm up. I'm rolling a lot of guys right Let's, now. Uh, yeah, roll. get him ready. I need, I need pay attention in meetings. They, yeah. Wake up. Wake up. It matters. It matters. But speaking about mattering, to all the Florida fans that want to fire Dan Mullen, and I know most don't, and, and every base, Florida has a, a great fan base, uh, very passionate, very loyal. They do things their way. And every fan base has, you know, a portion that wants to fire the head coach. And I know Florida struggled. I know they're 2-6 and six in their last eight FBS, Power 5 games, you could say. And the two wins are against Tennessee and Vanderbilt. But it's amazing how quickly the page turns when it's not going good and when you may not be the media darling or the most lovable guy or or somebody that's on social media that does it really well like Lane Kiffin or or not polarizing because Dan Mullen can be polarizing, but he's just not the first guy you'd pick out of the lineup to go grab a beer with down at the local sports bar and chop it up. Not saying he's a bad guy, but he, he doesn't radiate to the screen. He's not somebody that the fan base just wraps their arms around, but he's done a lot of winning. And you don't have to worry about offense with Dan Mullen. And if you're a Florida fan that wants Dan Mullen fired, be careful what you wish for. 10 and 3, 11 and 2, Peach Bowl win. I mean, you, you look at uh, Orange Bowl win. Went 8 and 4 last year when it came down to it, but you won the East. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask, great story. Kyle Pitts, great story. And offense is not the problem. See, the thing about Dan Mullen, uh, what he needs is a defensive coordinator that will go in there, and it doesn't have to be some exotic scheme. It doesn't have to be, well, we've got to go to a three down and do this. Florida has the guys. You need a D.C. and a defense 
that just gives up 24 to 28 a game. That's it. You don't need to steal Curtin. You don't need to bring in Mike Didka. You need a defense that will go out there, let Dan do what he, do what he does on offense, which is score points. You look at the games they played, they're not losing because they're not scoring. And they haven't had problems scoring at Florida. Dan Mullen is one of the best offensive minds in the country. He is. And if you keep pushing him out, and I understand the frustration, I'm going to get to the mood that needs to get made, but if you keep pushing him out, when he has that good year, when they bounce back next year, and that first NFL call comes, he's gone. I'm telling you, be careful what you wish for, because this isn't a fi- this isn't a Gus Malzahn. We don't have the personnel situation. This isn't a what we've you know recruited decently. We've taken risks on guys that, because they had four stars and five stars by their name, but we have no linemen. This that and the other. That's not the problem. It's not a huge personnel problem at Florida. The problem is that apparently it's not a good fit with Todd Grantham and that defense. And Todd Grantham has a track record of declining the longer he is at a place. Do I think Todd Grantham is a bad football coach? No. Am I shocked they didn't make an adjustment and start spilling the power in the counter? Yes. But when I watch Florida, not that they don't play hard, they make so many fundamental and simple mistakes. Alignment. Even when they look like they're aligned right or where they're supposed to be, they're out-leveraged a ton on the edges. Not making adjustments past the second half. You don't have to shut people out with Dan Mullen as the OC, as the OC and head coach because that's what he is. It's not like they've recruited really poorly. There are guys on Florida's defense, and really, if you look at their personnel, they should be a good defense. Should they be an elite defense? No. They were terrible last year. We know how bad that was. And this year, they're declining. In the biggest games, they give up the most points. That's been the problem. And I know it all goes back to the head coach. And last year, Dan Mullen was kind of in a weird spot. You were struggling on defense, but you were winning the East. And you didn't want to cause a distraction. Because it's tough to fire a guy when you're winning and say, that's fine, we'll eat this distraction in the locker room. And you look at the contract situation. You look at it now, unless I'm mistaken and somebody in the Booster Club can correct me, but I think Grantham's contract runs out at the end of this year. Florida is one D.C. away from continuing to be a problem. But if you get upset because one room in the house is bad and decide to just sell the whole house, you're going to find you don't like where you're living yet as opposed to where you were. So the frustration I understand, it's one thing to be frustrated. Is Dan Mullen's seat warming up? When you lose, it always warms up. But Todd Grantham's is seat is inferno-level hot. It's surface of the sun, solar flare hot. And it's one change. And the crazy part is, some of the assistant defensive coaches that Florida has are really good. But it all comes down to the coordinator, and then it moves to the head coach. And you have different administrations, different schools that handle how many coordinators you get as a head coach differently. Ed O has been through more coordinators than a PTA meeting. I mean, look, look, Dan Mullen, how many has he been through? Not a lot. Not a lot. So if you're a Florida fan, be upset. That's fine to be upset. The standard's very high at Florida. But you have to be able to see the beach through the forest. 
don't sell the whole neighborhood because there's one bad apple in there. Go get a DC. Go get one that will say, you know what? We may not be the most complicated. We may not be the most complex, but we're going to align right. We're going to tackle an open space, and we're going to give up 24 to 28 a game. Dan Mullen is able to score over 40 points with Emory Jones and an inexperienced Anthony Richardson at quarterback. He made Kyle Trask look like Joe Montana. He's done it with Dak Prescott. He's done it with multiple style of quarterbacks. Is he a little abrasive? Yes. Is it a little goofy sometimes? Yes. But this isn't a wholesale change that needs to be made. And anybody that says otherwise is wrong. And if you are a Florida fan, do not be shocked once this change gets made because it's coming. This will be Todd Grantham's last year. I've heard it from multiple coaches in the SEC. They feel very strongly that this will be Todd Grantham's last year at Florida. And this is Dan Mullen's biggest hire because Florida fans do not be surprised if next year you look up and you're in the top 10. If next year you look up and all of a sudden now it's, no, let's not get mad at Dan. We have to keep Dan. Please don't go to the NFL, Dan. I know you don't love recruiting. I know you don't love having to deal with the academics, but we're scoring 43 points a game here. We have a chance to compete. We're one of the few schools in the SEC that can go knock on Georgia's door and say, hey, we're going to try and walk in here. But if you get too greedy and you get too impatient and you make it miserable for Dan Mullen, in turn, you will be miserable. Change at D.C. needs to happen. But they damn sure don't need to get rid of Dan Mullen. What do you guys think? I think Florida fans would be willing to be a little more patient if they weren't looking across that Georgia border at what Kirby's built. And you Kentucky. Know, with, at, true, too. With, with, with a new D.C., can Dan Mullen create the type of program that Kirby Smart's building at Georgia? Well, you, you, you know, you look at what they were able to do last year. You look at the consistent winning, and, and we have to understand, you don't have a ton of built-in advantages right now if you're outside of Georgia and Alabama. You don't have a ton. They have the best personnel because they recruit at the highest level. They're one of the, they're, they are the narrative, and they'll continue to be the narrative. But what team, let's play this game, what team gives Georgia the most trouble outside of Alabama. It's always Florida. It's always Florida. What team gives Alabama the most trouble? It's Auburn. always Auburn. There are, there are very few times and very few points when you have two Goliaths like we see right now. But the beautiful part about the SEC is when you're at a place like Florida, you're at a place like LSU, you're at a place like Auburn, you're at a place like A&M, you're, not, you're never too far away. You're one spark until you ignite. And when I look, the thing that separates Dan Mullen to me, when I look at it, and it's never good when I said you're not the media darling and it starts going bad. Because winning cures everything. Nobody cared that Edo said anything about a fishing hole when they were winning. But the first time he does it, and I didn't think he, you know, it was that bad. First time he does it when you're losing, it's a huge story. And somebody pretend to call and be me. Yeah, that was wild. But that's not why the story's huge. And I'm still alive. Thank goodness. It wasn't me, Ed. You and the boys. Wasn't me. Come on the show. Come on the show, Ed. We'll get Bebe here. But anyways, if I'm a Florida fan, I get being frustrated. I get it. I get it. But Dan has proven he can do it. Don't forget, Florida gave Alabama their best run for their money last year. 
well, in yeah. the SC Championship yeah, game. Yeah, you you think about Florida last year in an eight and four record. I mean, that's disappointing. It, it is. That's but disappointing you, with the talent you had, generational talent with Kyle Pitts. For sure. Kyle Trask, dog. Katarius Tony, dog. You had dogs. Grimes was a dog Florida. too. So last year, you really look at it as is a disappointment. And when it comes to recruiting, to me, uh, to me at Florida, you know, actually, I got told my boy Grant here told me about it. You know, we talked about Miami and Florida State, right? And just how bad everything is down there. Yeah, you should be owning. Yeah, the and, state. and look, they're yeah. recruiting you well. Should be, yeah, you should be owning. But Dan's the not. State here's of where it gets. Here's where people start to get at a certain point with Dan Mullen. You see Kirby on social media. You know, go dogs, and it's going great, and all that momentum. You see all these other coaches on social media. And Florida, to me. Has a lot of swag, too. We talked about the swag at LSU, but Ford is cool, up and coming, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, typically high flying type. They have that that uh, annotative quality as well. But Dan's not really that type of guy. Like, can you imagine Lane Kiffin at Florida? And so then that's why people are like, oh, my gosh, if we got Lane Kiffin at Florida, it'd be so cool. And Twitter would be so cool. And we'd be look so cool in the media. But the media just doesn't love it. I mean, they, they gave him hell for wearing the Darth Vader thing. And he's trying to be funny. He's like the guy with the dry sense of humor that's not funny all the time unless you really know him. And he doesn't come off as like, man, me and Coach Mullen just, just cried about some stuff. Like, he got real, real, real deep. He's not he's not that he's not a good guy, but he's not that just guy. Different. He's just different. different right? But he is different and he's analytical offensively. Yes. And if you're Florida, Florida to me, I think of Florida, I think of offense. I always do. From Spurrier on, mm-hmm. I think of offense. And offense is not the problem. We always talk about Lane Kiffin, if you hire him, is an instant fix to one side of the ball. It's the offensive side of the ball. Dan Mullen's the same way. Yeah. I've said multiple times on this show, if you put a gun to my head on third and four, fourth and four, and said you have to pick one guy to call a play to get it, I'm picking Dan Mullen. Oh, yeah. He's going to find a way to hit the back. He's going to find a way to hit the back out of the backfield for four and a half. That's just what's going to happen. But, again, if you watch and you really understand what you're looking at, Dan Mullen has scored a lot of points and won a lot of games in different ways offensively. Look at the Florida offense this year compared to the Florida offense last year. And everybody kept saying, oh, well, you know, uh, Kyle Trask, this is a one-off, this, that, and the other. It wasn't a Mm one-off. That wasn't a one-off. If you go back and watch some of the game plans, if you watch, if you watch the passing combinations, the route combinations, the progressions, the ability to hit the back out of the backfield, the modified runs with the run game, and then you look now and you're looking what they're doing with Q power and power read and the way they're able to manipulate the line of scrimmage, even when they know that Emory Jones can't throw the ball very well and Anthony Richardson is still learning what he's doing. You're still scoring 42 points. They lost to Alabama, what, 41 to 39? And yeah. you were down 21 to 3 at the end of the first quarter? This year, it was 31 29, I think, right? 31 29. Yeah, 31 29. At what point, right? Because it wasn't the offense it, that gave up that game. No. They no, ran it down no, Bama's well, throat. It's never been the offense that gave up that game. That's what I'm saying. Florida, but at what point? Like, Todd Grantham should have been gone, been gone last year. But you can't. You Here's the problem, though. You, you do not want to cause distractions when you are winning. Florida was tracking to win the East, and then they beat Georgia. And at that point, if you're Dan Mullen, I'm looking around the locker room. We're Right now, we're on pace to win the East. Georgia's ranked really high. They really got a better team than we do when you look at personnel and everything around, even though Florida offensively is witchcraft and wizardry. But at the end of the day, you don't want to fire the D.C. when you are winning the division and now cause a distraction. Now, all of a sudden, you know, DB coach has to be the D.C. It's not like we can just bring somebody off the street. Other guys are coaching at other places. At least the guys that you want are probably doing well. There's a reason you want them. So you don't want to add that distraction and the contract deal now at the end of the year you have a problem too 
people come back and say, oh, well, the defense was one of the reasons that we didn't win more games. And they're right, but you still won the East. How many times have you seen a coach, and I'm not talking about if something goes on outside of football. I'm talking about pure football and recruiting performance. How many times have you seen, and we'll keep in the SEC, an SEC coordinator fired after they won the division? How many? How many? Because what's that next DC going to say? Well, you know, I know that, you know, Todd didn't do the best job, but, I mean, they're firing guys for winning the division over there. I mean, didn't you have in the Alabama, you gave up 19 points a game last year, and they brought in another guy to call plays this year? This year? Yeah, but, I mean. But you gave up 19, you gave up 19 points a game. And, and make no mistake, Saban is the D.C. at Alabama. For, well, he's the O.C., too. Yeah, he's yeah. Everything. Like, it's, it, that defense, it's Nick Saban's defense that Pete Golden is running. And Pete Golding has ran it enough. Now, from a calling standpoint, okay, you could say that. But if you're Alabama, if you're Alabama, you went through last year, you went undefeated and won the Natty. Yeah. They didn't bring somebody in to change the calls on defense the first game of the year this year. They had to let it play out. And I guarantee you, Alabama ends up not giving up something crazy. I don't think they'd be crazy different than what they gave up last year. So what do the next couple seasons look like for Dan Mullen? I mean, is he really, I mean, can well, he create a juggernaut? Well, a lot of it is, going. in my opinion, if, if you're saying that you're going to solve the defensive problem, and it's, again, you don't have to give up 13 points a game. Like, you don't have to be the best defense in the country, even though Florida can recruit the type players that can. And it's not like Dan Mullen is running hypo system where you're like, all right, we're going to go really fast, and if we give up 30, that's a great job by the defense, and we should win every game. Dan Mullen doesn't do that. They can go up tempo, but that's not his bag. To me, I look at next year and I say, okay, can you bring in a D.C. that can give up 26 a game? That solves the problem to me. Solves the problem consistently. Now, would you love under 20? Yeah, but in today's game, giving up under 20 points a game is almost impossible. Right now they're at 21 a game, but they played Florida Atlantic and South Florida. Yep. And I'm talking big games. Listen, I'm yeah, talking I know. big games. I know what you mean. I am talking Georgia. You're talking about I'm talking LSU Bama. without Butte. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and that's still, I mean, LSU's beat them two years in a row. Mm. I'm not talking about the looking at, all right, well, we've got FAU and this and that. You are judged on the big games, yep. how your side of the ball shows up in the game that matters. So don't look at it and say, all right, well, we got USF, that they were terrible. We got FAU, couldn't score against us because we had better players. It's the big games. It's the big games. You've given up right now. Let's look at the big games. 31 to Bama, right? 31 to Bama. You gave up 49 to LSU? What are you going to give up to Georgia? Mm-hmm. You think LSU was running power and counter? Do we have Jamari Sawyer on every week. Those guys probably have a knife and a fork and a bib on right now watching film. <laughs> Please box this. Please box this. It's like Wilder and Fury. Please just start boxing. Please. But I don't want to box Jason Kersey and let's bring him in. Talking a little Oklahoma and some Caleb Williams. I'm going to get to the Booster Club. Florida fans, happy, mad, indifferent. I want to hear what they have to say. But let's bring in Jason Kersey right, in I've here. got him here. Let's see. Talk to him. See if his audio is coming. Jason, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, we, we don't have his Hold audio. Let's uh, talk again. Hey, talk Try one more time, Jason. It's live TV. Huh. Uh, there we go. There it is. We can hear you, and now okay. we can see you. I'm loving okay, the Karate good. Kid deal in the background right there. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, a prized possession of mine. I love that movie. So For sure. Well, speaking about karate, Lincoln Riley has chopped up a few defenses in his day. Uh, right now when you look at this Oklahoma team, and I want to start with Caleb Williams. 
sometimes bringing in a new quarterback, especially when the other one had a bunch of accolades and, and was struggling, kind of reinvigorates the team on all three sides of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. Are you kind of feeling that over at Oklahoma right now? No doubt about it. That, that's exactly what's going on. Um, it, it's a little bit it, – it's crazy to think about, but, I mean, in the second half of that Texas game, Oklahoma was getting crushed in that game. I mean, it was 28-7 at the end of the first yeah. quarter. And when Caleb Williams came in, it felt like everything changed. The defense played better. The offense played better. Um, now, last week against TCU, the defense struggled a little bit. So I don't know that that necessarily carried over. But in that game, certainly, yeah, the defense was completely different after halftime. Yeah, and it's amazing, too, when you bring in a quarterback that can run. And, and it's always funny, Jason. We talk uh, all the time on here about people think that Lincoln Riley, uh, if you're not familiar with what he does, runs something similar to you know Mike Leach or, or somebody like that. A lot of what they do is run game predicated. And they've been struggling to run the ball uh, this year with Spencer. But now bringing in a quarterback that is mobile, it tends to open up the run game a little bit more yeah. and gives Lincoln uh, more abilities to call different things, holding that backside defensive end. You have to honor the jet sweep off the power read can you just talk about getting that and getting that balance back on offense yeah there, there there's no doubt about it that that that's made a huge difference and yeah I, I think that because Lincoln Riley comes from the Mike Leach coaching tree people assume that he yeah. just uh, passes the ball all the time and there's very little run game I I think Mike Leach still to this day hasn't had a thousand yard rusher I, <laughs> I think I think that might be right it was right a couple of years ago anyway yeah and, no I don't uh, think you're wrong <laughs> um but, but Lincoln Riley's had a lot of them. Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, Rodney Anderson, uh, Kennedy Brooks, Trey Sermon. There's been a bunch of guys that have rushed for a, a lot of yards. And then at quarterback, yeah, Kyler Murray a couple of years ago, and now mm -hmm. uh, Caleb Williams. I mean, Caleb Williams just completely changes the dynamic of the offense with himself in the game. He, uh, It's been really interesting. I think they averaged around four yards a carry before, and they're they're up over six now with, with Caleb Williams. Yeah, in the it's game. amazing. It's, it's really pretty amazing. Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule right now, Jason. Kansas, you know, you never want to overlook anybody. Well, I feel like you can overlook them. Yeah, we can overlook them. The players can't overlook them. Yeah. Then you've got Texas Tech at home. That game's always interesting. At Baylor, Iowa State at home, and then at Oklahoma State. How confident are you that Oklahoma can run the table here? Because there will come a game where Caleb Williams does not play as well as he's played. And that defense is going to have to start tackling in open space better. But when you look at the rest of that schedule, what are two of the games that maybe are, are worrisome to you? Well, they've got a, the schedule. It's sort of interesting because they, they're going to go nine weeks without a break. So they're, gonna, they're, they're starting off with nine straight games. So they've had some injuries they need to get sorted out. But the next few weeks are really lining up nicely for them because, like you said, Kansas is no threat. I mean, we can, mm. we, Lincoln Riley can't say that, but we can say that. Lincoln, yeah, Kansas, is, <laughs> Kansas is no threat. Um, yeah. They're going to win that game by 40, and that's going to be it. Texas Tech really isn't that much of a threat either. I know that they're 5-2, and two, but, I mean, Texas beat them by 35 points. Mm. Um, I, I don't, and that game's at home. I don't view that as a, as a serious threat either. And then they have an open date. So they got they got a few weeks here to get healthy, and they've got some guys on defense that have been out, especially in the secondary, that they can get healthy. And then, yeah, they come back, and I think any one of those three games in November could be dangerous. Baylor is so much better than anybody thought they could be this year. True, uh, Dave Garrett, Randis Garrett, as well. He's done an unbelievable job at, at that school. Um, they're six and one. Gary Bohannon's been a great quarterback. Uh, they've got a couple of great running backs. Their defense has been really good. Iowa State is so interesting because we all they expected are. they would be a top ten team. And then they go and lose to Iowa, which that's forgivable. Iowa's had a good season. Uh, but then they lose to Baylor, and now they're sitting there with two losses and unranked. Um, but they seem to kind of be coming on, and we know they're talented. 
and then Oklahoma State at the end. Now, this is that's a fascinating game because uh, Oklahoma has not lost to Oklahoma State since 2014, and they've only lost wow. four times. They've only lost four times to Oklahoma State since uh, since I think 1998. They've only lost four times yeah. to Oklahoma State. So, th- so this is not. Um, it's a pretty lopsided rivalry, and I think there's some sort of element of. I think OU is in Oklahoma State's head a little bit. Um, that seems to happen every year. So the truth is, I look at this team, and I, I think there's a very good chance they run the table. In fact, I, I, I think it's more likely than not that they run the table. And part of the reason I say that is Oklahoma, since Lincoln Riley came to OU as offensive coordinator, Oklahoma has not lost a game in the month of November. Not one game. That's in the wild. Month of November. And so I don't know why that would change this year. So my, my honestly, my pick, my prediction would be they're going to go into the Big 12 title game unbeaten. Yes, Lincoln sounds like a Scorpio to me. Takes one to no one. Um, but you know, Jason is uh, as well. Uh, and I want to get back to the football side because I want to ask you, you know, your thoughts on them in a playoff. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we got to talk about it now that we're this far in the season. But Spencer Radler, do you think he's taking his last snap at uh, as the quarterback at Oklahoma? As the as the as QB one, yes, I do. Okay. Um, now this weekend he's going to play a lot. He might play the whole second half in Lawrence this weekend. Mm. But in terms of uh, meaningful moments, unless Caleb Williams gets hurt, um, I, I don't I don't see Spencer Rattler taking another meaningful snap at OU. I just I think that they have moved on. I think Caleb Williams is so clearly the guy. The offense is so obviously different with him in it. I, I ran the numbers and OU is averaging about two and a half or three yards more per play with Caleb That's Williams. That's a lot. In. That's, That's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with Caleb Williams in the game. So no, I don't think there's any any reason to believe that that he's going to play um, any significant time at OU again, unless obviously uh, Caleb Williams gets hurt. I, I think True, that yeah. I think the I'm sorry. I think the more Very like good. I think what's going to happen is he's so talented. I know this may sound crazy, but I think he is talented enough to where he could potentially enter the NFL draft, and maybe he'll get drafted. We all know this isn't a great quarterback year for the draft. So I think that there's still a chance he could get drafted or he could decide to go somewhere else. It's not over for Spencer Rattler, but I do think it is over at Oklahoma. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100. percent We've seen crazier things happen with the draft, and guys go in there and, and actually have success in the NFL. Uh, but all right, uh, SEC talk here, Jason. Yeah. When do you think Oklahoma's joining the league? I just think there is no way that it, they wait till 2025. I don't think you can live with with your divorced wife or husband for four years in the same house. I don't think it works like that. No, totally. I agree. Can you imagine how awkward those Big 12 Board of Directors meetings are oh. going to be? If they, if they have to do that for four more years, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be this year. I think that's a little bit unrealistic. I'm, I think 2023 is probably okay. uh, the time. That's not really based on much other than just sort of a guess, but it, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, the, the Big 12 has added four more teams. They're ready to move on. I think Oklahoma and Texas are ready to move on. It's all going to come down to money. Can they reach a financial uh, agreement to, to, to let Oklahoma and Texas out? Because they're under a pretty ironclad grant of rights right now. Yeah, you know, okay, those board meetings kind of remind me of on Tommy Boy at the end when Chris Farley has to go in there and pretend he has a bomb to, like, get everybody's attention because Texas and Oklahoma just are like Ron Burgundy during that meeting when they're like, hey, Ron, are you paying attention? He's like, nope, 
They just know. <laughs> don't care. Doesn't matter. Uh, but all right, Jason, last one for you. You know, as we're barreling toward the playoff and we can play the what if hypothetical game, Oklahoma runs the table. They're in. I mean, heck, the way it's looking right now, as crazy as college football is, you know, they may be able to lose one and still be in. Is this a team that can give Georgia our potentially Alabama trouble? That's the million dollar question because Oklahoma has made the playoff so many times. They've always lost. Sometimes, really, the only time it was all that close was uh, the, the Georgia game in 2017. The Rose Bowl. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Um, other than that, they've gotten beaten pretty bad. I do think that Oklahoma's talent level has in, enhanced to the point where they can compete with those teams. Um, the question right now is on defense. It's, True. It's, yeah. it's, so inter- it's so interesting because I spent the entire offseason telling everyone, guys, Oklahoma's defense is not what it used to be. They're really good now. They've improved the talent. Alex Grinch has done it. Um, and then the last few weeks, uh, they've kind of looked like the old Oklahoma, a really kick-ass offense and a defense that really struggles to get off the field. Yeah. And so they're going to have to shore that up. Now, some of that will come back when, when, when they get some of these their starters back. Like I said, they've got three guys in the secondary that are out right now. Um, mm-hmm. They've got their starting defensive tackle is out right now. If they can get those guys back for the stretch run in November, yes, I think they're talented enough to compete with the Georgias and Alabamas of the world. But I, think, I, I still think they'd be underdogs, and I'm not even saying I would pick them to win. I just yeah. think they can win. Yeah, and, and, you know, they've stacked recruiting class on recruiting class there. And, and, Jason, it's funny, you know, when you're missing guys in the secondary, everybody immediately thinks, oh, you're more vulnerable to the pass. That is true, but also tackling in open space. I mean, people don't realize some of the tackles that these DBs make in open space that if they don't make them because of the camera angle, it's a touchdown. You just don't see it. And I think that was a big part of that Texas game going to the first play where they ran that little swing on the outside, that swing screen, missed two tackles, it's 88. Now, Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the gate. But Jason, you're the first Oklahoma rep we've had on here. We are definitely going to do this again, my friend. Tell everybody where they can find your work. This was a good time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and I'm happy to come back anytime. Uh, I'm on The Athletic. Um, my, I'm on Twitter, just my name, Jason Kersey. Rhymes with Jersey. Uh, that doesn't Love matter it. when you're searching for it, but people get it wrong all the time, so I um, <laughs> figured I'd say that. <laughs> no doubt, man, and, and shout-out to the Karate Kid. Man, keep waxing on and waxing off, man. Appreciate you, Jason. Be good. Thanks, guys. All right, that was good. That little Oklahoma yeah, love. some Oklahoma for love, sure. man. For sure. Let's go to the Booster Club. What are they saying? Um, we how, have how pissed a, is everybody about Mullen? Not that pissed. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. We have a five. We have a five dollar donation. Ooh. Hit that button, John. There we go. From Hayden Fullwood, he says, Hayden. "Listening on the road on a business trip. Thanks for making the drive suck less." Hey, hey, look, man. Look, business trip, business trip here. It's a big business trip. Thanks for the money there, Hayden. Hit the button again one more time. I just want to hear it. Yeah, that's the business Perfect segue, button. guys. Business I put button. out. I put out a, a <laughs> extremely important poll. Extremely important. Because I wanted to know the truth. Here All we right. go. It's out there. Does Dan Mullen like pineapple on his pizza? Let's talk wow. about it. Wow. Let's Heard talk a lot about of it. people. There's a lot of rumors going yeah, on. Let's talk right about now. it. And um and the Booster Club is 90% yes. They're right 90%. Now. He's a pineapple on pizza guy. I mean, do you look you look at Dan, uh, Dan Mullen? You're like, uh, of course, right? There's definitely pineapple For sure. on his pizza. Like, probably pine, probably pineapple and stuffed crust. Wow. Maybe some ham He's on an there. Offensive guy. Hawaiian, He's an offensive guy. He's going to be versatile. There's going to be many different flavors and ways to attack the pizza. Mm. You just Gotta make. I'm sure, I wouldn't be surprised if it was half pineapple, and then the half, you know, the other half was like olive or some. Am Ooh. I a fan? No, not even close. I've never done the pineapple. My hell, my hell is where I have to eat a hundred olives every day. Oh, God. I couldn't do that it. Really? Terrible. Couldn't do it. I could do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, you could do it. Got that locked. You in. could do it. Black olives. Done. I've, well, I've seen you eat. Yeah, like, I actually, would, yeah. I would do it. I'd yeah. like that. But pineapple, never. Really? Not gonna do it on olives, a pizza. but not on pineapple. A fact. Wow, humans are fascinating. I actually might eat that when you eat your wings. Humans are fascinating. What's wrong with you? You guys are fascinating. This guy talking about he hates Outback. I don't want to hear anything from him. You know what? I'm not getting it. Next question. Next question. I'm not going down this road. You know, Cones call me a clown. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag Wilbon. Yeah, yeah, David Wilbon. What else we got the boost code before we play L.A. or L.A.? Question from Colin, and he asks, what's the best game this weekend that nobody's talking about? Oh, man. It was UConn Someone's playing. talking about all of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I feel like we've, you know, 
if you're talking about maybe the grand scheme of things, I, what one that I find that, that when I look at, and it's actually happening tonight, happening tonight, it's kind of fascinating to me. Mm. And people say, oh, FAU and Charlotte? Oh. J-Boy, you're reaching. You talk about don't reach, you reach. No. Charlotte, up-and-coming program. I like the quarterback with Reynolds. FAU. I think we're going to see some fireworks tonight. I think this is going to be a heck of a ball game. And if you watch, if you watch, there's a couple guys on this field that are going to stand out to you. But when I watch Charlotte, I think their head coach in the next five to seven years is going to be a guy that we're all going to know. We're all going to know. And, and yeah, Charlotte's really came – Charlotte was bad. I mean, they were guys – a couple years, they were really, really bad. And now I think they got their first FBS win or something like that uh, this year watching them. But that game to me is a little bit fascinating. And, you know, if you look around the SEC, I know a lot of people are talking about LSU and Ole Miss and, and this, that, and the other. There's some decent games. I mean, well, you know what uh, kind of gets my gears going this weekend? This Wake Army game. Wake yes. Army. That's yes. a great Wake Army yes. game. That's yes. a great it's just, call. It's just, it feels it a little different. It smells Are there spotty senses? Are you Peter Parker right uh, now? I'm Toby Maguire right You're now. You're Toby Maguire you know right, right now. I'm Toby Maguire That's even more locked in. Right now. You know, it's wow. just. There's a lot of good ones. Man. Don't kill my a, grandpa, man. So, yeah. Clemson Pitt. Clemson you know, Pitt. BYU Washington State could get interesting. Who would have thought? that Clemson would be a three-and-a-half-point dog mm. at Pitt this year. Mm. I love college football. Yeah. If you don't, what's wrong with you? We're sitting here talking about Charlotte FAU. We have college football covered. Covered man. like covered. a blanket. It's like rooms to go in here. You get your rooms, <laughs> and then you get to go and take the room to go. All right, speaking about to go. You ready for this? We're going to get back to the Booster Club. Let's play our new game, the newest installment of the game every around the country is buzzing about. L.A. Or LA. God, I guess yes. I missed the production. You want to give, you wanna give like a. Yeah, yeah. will you okay. please? I don't even know this game, so I'd yeah. like yeah. to know what's going on. Blaine okay. just showed up. Yeah. It's called LA or LA. I'm okay. going to give you eight coaching candidates, okay. and you have to tell me, okay, if they would be a better fit at Southern Cal okay. or at LSU. And we're not Ooh. saying these guys are leaving. These are just no. in general. Hypothetical, all the way across the board, but neither is not an option. Okay, I'm not all picking right? neither. I'm not taking the easy way out, Cone. And I, I, I thought that's what you would say. Scared okay? money don't make yeah, no money. Stamp, double okay, for first sure. one, easy. We'll go in, in ascending order here, okay? Ooh, so you, said, e- you said, what's that word? Ascending. I, I swear you didn't right, say that. What did you say the first time? What did you say Ascending. the first time? Why do you talk different sure you did before? Yeah. <laughs> what do you, all right, anyway, so let's start the game. Sorry. James Franklin. All right, let's start off simple mm. here. I'm going to go West Coast LA, USC. Mm-hmm. I think James Franklin, with the flash out there, he'd be a good fit. We know USC is able to recruit itself. He'd be kind of resurrecting a brand, and USC can go from irrelevant to relevant very, very quickly. You get paid very well out there. And I think James Franklin, from a personality standpoint, he understands how how to work with the media. He understands the star power that being out in L.A. you know, can come with. You look at what Pete Carroll was able to do. I think the sidelines would start looking a lot like they did when Pete Carroll was there if James Franklin got there. He's fun. He can run multiple systems. The guy won nine games twice at Vanderbilt, which is harder than finding the, the train to Hogwarts, in my opinion. Uh, but when you look at the fit and the, the style that he will run offensively, and just his personality to me out on the West Coast, the guy, the type of guy that he is, the way he'd be able to recruit out there, whether it's the mamas, the daddies, the aunties, the uncles, I think he'd be a much better fit outside of the SEC as well. You're able to get back to prominence a lot quicker, and I think he'd be a great remedy to the personality of Mario Cristobal, which just happens to coach the most dominant team out there in the Pac-12 right now in Oregon. Do you find it weird at all that he trails Jim Harbaugh in several winning statistics and one of those guys is considered a failure and the other one is 
we're talking about going to true, USC. True, true, true. But look at the at. look at the expectations that yeah. Harbaugh had sure. compared to the ones that Franklin had. Sure. I think we have to take that because we put guys on pedestals and hold other guys to standards, and then sometimes you look at the numbers, and you've got to really dive deep out, down into mm-hmm. the numbers because sometimes it can be misleading. We talk about total yardage all the time; could be the, the most fickle mistress time of, of, of possession, them all, time yeah. of possession, stuff like that. Uh, so no, I I think that's a that's a, a good thought, okay. and it, the numbers add up. But next you know, one here, a little perception. bit easy because we've talked about it. Okay, Mel Tucker, L.A. or L.A.? You know, I, I think Mel's a guy that could have success at both, but he fits LSU better to me. He's an SEC-style coach. I think he wants to be in the SEC. Uh, you know, he has relationships all around the Southeast, from Destin to Baton Rouge to Nashville. He's coached at Georgia. He's coached at Bama. He's coached at uh, LSU, I believe, as well. So he understands the lay of the land. He understands the infrastructure of recruiting, how to be efficient, where he can go and have success. He'll lock down the state of LSU. And and I want to say this. To me, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can either coach or you can't. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's a minority hire, so so this, that, and the other. Mel Tucker is a is a good football coach, a really good football coach. He's shown you he can do it at multiple places. And coming down to the SEC and him being able to get in that room, he's not going to be intimidated by Nick Saban. We talked about this yesterday. He's not going to be intimidated by Kirby Smart. He's not going to be intimidated by Jimbo Fisher. He would go down, fit in instantly. He can recruit the type of player outside of the state of Louisiana that LSU needs to be able to sustain success. We've talked about that, whether it's Mike Scarborough uh, or whatever. But to me, his personality, his ambiance, his tough, no-nonsense, I'm organized but will also have fun attitude fits in at LSU. And I guarantee to you this they'd be awfully physical down there especially on the defensive mm-hmm. side agreed all right southern cal or lsu ryan day oh man this is a good one i knew i didn't know any of these coaches before we did this uh i would you know what i would say usc I think Ryan Day would do better at USC. He doesn't come off to me, not that he's not fiery or anything like that, but I think he'd kind of fit into that vibe a little bit better than he would down here in the SEC. Not that he wouldn't have success at LSU, but to me, when I think about Ryan Day, you any every coach needs great coordinators around him. Every coach needs great assistant coaches around him. But from what he knows and where he's been, I think he fits at USC better than LSU. I don't know how deep into the SEC waters he has waited. He's got a great job at Ohio State, but I think going outside of the Southeast for him would continue to see him have success uh, at a place like USC. I think it'd take a lot longer for him at a place like LSU to be able to have the kind of footing that he would out there. How about Urban Meyer? Oh, it's got to be USC. It's got to be USC because we, and we talked about how the ego drives this, right? And some guys are super competitive. He goes to LSU and wins a national championship. He just did the same thing that the last three coaches did. When's the last time USC was really relevant? Or they were a championship contender? He could be the guy that goes out there and resurrects a brand name program. Because it gets to the point where they don't want to be the next guy that does the same thing. Urban Meyer doesn't want to be that. He doesn't want to be the guy that comes in and wins it. And, and you know, the program's already humming. And he just came in there and took it over. Because there's always that caveat of, well, you inherited this. We were already rolling. It's not like you came in and did anything super special. He wants the the applause. He wants the, wow, you went to USC and took a struggling powerhouse, brought them back to prominence, and you've got, like I said, Snoop and all of them are hanging out. To me, Urban Meyer wants to go to a place where the torch not only hasn't been passed in a while, it hasn't been lit in a while. Mm. Like the Jaguars? (laughs) 
Yeah, this guy. like the Jaguars. How about Dabo Sweeney keeping in mind he's already had success as a Tiger in a Death Valley? Look, th- those are good correlations. Dabo would look. Dabo would be a better fit at LSU because he's a Southern guy. I mean, he's not your go out to SC, you know, hang loose. You're like, hey, Coach Dabo was surfing this morning before he <laughs> rode his bike to practice. Is that what the rest of not these guys? That, not that do. anything's wrong with that. I don't think Clay Helton was. I don't think Clay Helton was out there wakeboarding <laughs> yeah. with some MGK plan on the, on the back of the boat. Well, Coach O, you never know. But uh, no, uh, I just don't see Dabo going out there and, and being himself. You know, just his personality and and all the things that come with uh, a Dabo Sweeney coach program. It fits a lot better at the South. He's recruited the South a ton. And just because he's at Clemson, and I know that the SEC is way better than the ACC, and I made this point yesterday, it's not like they don't go to the same high schools. They recruit and compete against each other. My point yesterday was if I'm LSU and I'm recruiting and I lose a kid to Clemson, it's different than if I'm losing a kid to Alabama. Because not only do I play them every year, I compete with them in the same division every year. So to me, the the, the translation of who Dabo Sweeney is would fit a lot better at LSU than it would out there at USC. I just don't see him hanging out with Leo DiCaprio and George Clooney, and, like, I just don't see that that vibe out there. <laughs> All right, so let's say Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma and Ooh. had to go to USC or LSU. Which one would it May be? May surprise you with this one. I am saying... LSU. Mm. A lot of people would think I would say USC here because Lincoln's, you know, he's cool, he's young, yeah. he's hip. He communicates the plays, like, with two fingers, like, the whole time. That's why half the NFL was down there. Like, how are you doing this? <laughs> like, explain to us. But I think Lincoln at LSU because he's such – he's a great offensive mind. But Lincoln is able to, in my opinion, control a program without looking overbearing. And I know the media availability and stuff like that with the binoculars, that was one thing. But Lincoln never, to me, seems like he is panicking. LSU doesn't need a a panicker. Lincoln would be able to come in there and be like, listen, we're going to recruit really well. I'm going to have an unbelievable offensive system. You think I have weapons at Oklahoma? Look what I can get to LSU. And Lincoln, you know, to me, there are he's already proven he's not afraid. I mean, they're coming to the SEC. And I'm sure he was like, heck, yeah, sign me up for that. So I think Lincoln, who's as competitive as any person on the planet, would come down to LSU and not only juice the SEC even more, he would invigorate the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Not maybe Joe Brady-esque. It's a different style. We talked about that with Jason Kersey. But what I think you would see from Lincoln Riley is a guy that went down there. He's cool as a cucumber. He knows what he's doing. He makes great hires around him. Lincoln does an unbelievable job, even as a young guy, of bringing in guys. LSU is a great job to be an assistant at. It's a great job to be a quarterback. Coordinator at, and I think he would kill it even more in recruiting at LSU. So I think Lincoln Riley would be a fantastic fit at LSU. Nice. All right. How about the uh, previous Sooner coach, Bob Stoops? Ooh. You know, I'd have to say LSU. I don't see yeah. Bob Stoops like going out. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't. Not that every coach that goes out to the West Coast is like, "What's up, dog?" Like, you know, doses and mimosas, <laughs> man. Let's play some football. Yeah, it's like let's throw the frisbee, bro. Like that, that. Not everybody does that, but Bob Stoops to me is like he gets there. He's like, "All right, guys. All right, let's go to work because we got three fifteen. Somebody's gonna walk down the hallway. We're gonna talk to him. We're gonna be nice to him. We're gonna try and get him here." Uh, and, and I think Bob Stoops. You know, from a competitive standpoint, 
if he came back, I think he'd want to come back and hop into place like the SEC. He didn't have time. I don't know if Bob yeah. wants to go resurrect something. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm at this point in my career, I got out. If I'm going to go back, let me go back to a machine I can just turn the switch on and be like, hey, it runs. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. the car that's yeah. been in the garage for like you haven't turned on in a long time. You're like, man, this battery's got to be dead or something. You turn it on, you're like, oh, my God, it works. You know, it's like, wow, it's put together really well. I think Bob Stoops would want to enter that situation. And from you get to play age. against your brother. And you get to play against God, your brother. Bob versus Mark. Bob versus Mark. Yeah, it's that, that sounds like a, a case. Um, but no, I, I think it'd be better at LSU than USC. All right, last one. You said his name a minute ago. Joe Brady. Oh. Is he coming home? This is a <laughs> no. He's home. first off. No, he's not. He's staying in the league. He's next up. But the LSU fit number one. He'd be the most popular yeah. guy <laughs> in the state of Louisiana that there may has has been in a long time. Yeah. And everybody wants Joe Brady because he was able to capture that magic, you know. And and I'll, had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that could make you look really really smart. Joe Brady's a heck of a football coach. He knows the lay of the land. He's been there. He knows, uh, you know, how the people are down there. How the fan base is, and you want to talk about being embraced? They'd throw a LeBron-style parade yeah. party. He for wouldn't Joe even Brady. have to walk around. Like, they right carry him around right, and throw right, roses in front of right his Right when seat. he announced he was leaving, you could just walk into any convenience store in LA, and they're playing like, "Baby, come back!" Yeah. You know, just everyone. They miss him so much until that first loss. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> if you're coming in, oh, the we won because of Joe terrible. Burrow. I hate Dan Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, that's LSU all the way. He'd be fine at USC. Joe Brady, we, I could see Joe Brady hanging out with Leo DiCaprio and all them. Uh, but I could also see him at LSU being, you know, the anointed golden boy. That's what he'd be. And if it doesn't work out in the NFL for him, oh, don't think. Don't think for a second. Oh. He'll hop back into college like a lily pad in a pond, man. <laughs> He'll hop in real quick. But that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was yeah. nice. I enjoyed it. Let's go to the Booster Club before we bring Karis in here. Yeah, we have a question. Colin Gorham says, what do you think about the South Alabama UAB matchup? Sun, uh, Sun Belt, Fun Belt. Oh, well, we know that South's in the Sun Belt, and UAB is now not going to be in Conference mm-hmm. USA. Yep. They're going to the American. Mm-hmm. Shout out Bill Clark. Shout out that program that was left for dead. Not only did they come back, like, rose from the ashes like a phoenix, they're moving on up. They finally got their piece of the pie. And, and they're going to the American. It's a great fit. I love, I love this move by the American. And look, this is a low key. As a guy that coached South Alabama, this is a rivalry. Okay. The OC at UAB's former South Alabama OC, Bryant Vincent. Shout out BV. And uh, when you look at this, this has huge recruiting implications. Because if you look, UAB, they've been good. Bill's been having a good run there. They're going to the American. South made a great hire in Kane Womack. Uh, they're moving up. you got an on-campus stadium. We know the gold mine that is Mobile when it comes to, to high school athletes, especially in the football realm. And, look, this is going to be a physical game. This is going to be a very, very physical game. This is one that you know is going to affect you when you walk in the living room to recruit that type kid that is choosing between a South Alabama or a UAB or, more importantly, and maybe not more importantly, but but on the other side, a guy from the transfer portal that may be leaving a bigger school and making a decision and saying, well, I got one shot at this. But there's one huge advantage that South Alabama has. The senior bowl is in Mobile. So if I'm a guy that has a chance and I'm transferring and you say, oh, Jake, why would a guy that's transferring to South Alabama have a chance in the NFL? You would be shocked. You would be shocked. But this game, it's a sneaky. That, that's Where, a great is call. Is it Mobile? It's in Mobile. A lot of people say. Yep. Um, we got a question here from Adam Swindell. Hashtag Ask J-Boy. How would you reload the CUSA? 
And how many years will it take for a UAB to turn into a Cincinnati or take like a Georgia Tech spot? Um, let me answer the, the first question first. Um, if I was Conference USA and I'm losing UTSA, and I'm just go look at all the teams, UTSA, UAB, I think it's FAU. Well, can we pull up, Blaine, uh, when you, if you don't mind, pull up, pull yeah. up the teams that are out of there. If I'm Conference USA, it's kind of the same thing where the Big 12 is right now. To me, if you're Conference USA, you got to replace it with an even number. It's not like you lost two teams. Okay, it's not like Oklahoma, Texas, even though they're huge in the Big 12, we know that. It's not like you just lost two. You lost a handful. Yeah. So, to me, if I'm Conference USA, and I, I've fallen below the American, obviously, I'm worried about falling below the Sun Belt, and I'm worried about becoming truly irrelevant. I mean, do you look around? Let's, who, who all do they got? Charlotte, who? FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. That's six. Yeah. That's six. All current members of Conference USA. Yeah, so you have to replace with six. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, there's not six great teams out there that are going to be able to come in and do well. You want to talk about a deep dive on research? You got to look around at some, some FCS. The guys that want to move up, where's North Dakota State? Y'all want to come to the party? Y'all want to hang out? James Madison. James Madison. I'm going to look. You know, if like when you're out and you're like, man, you're you know, you know, single, whatever. Like Conference USA is looking like, man, I'd, I'd love to go talk to that person, but oh man, they, they just got taken. Gotta go talk to that person, man. They just got taken. Then you're looking around, and now you're not like, man, I like that person. You're like, can I settle for that? Will I allow? Is that where I'm going? Am I reaching there? That's where you're at right now for Conference USA. And it's a big gamble, and it's not that you won't hit or it won't pay off, but there's not six great answers. You'd be like, let's just go get these six right now. It's going to be a bigger gamble, and it's a lot different than, you know, the Big 12. But you have to replace six with six. You can't go, all right, we're just going to keep four, which is what they might do. But if I'm Conference USA, that ship, you know, we just hit the iceberg. How bad is it? How bad is it? Do we need to get the lifeboats ready or what? That's kind of where Conference USA is right now to me. All right, got a question here from Dakota Faulkner who said, would Jason Garrett come to coach college? Maybe USC? <sighs> He's an NFL guy, isn't he? He's been in the league so long. Look, I personally, and I've got no animus towards Jason Garrett. <clears throat> Never met him. Sure, he's a great guy. Takes the trash out on time. Cleans up the table after, you know, his wife cooks dinner or whatever. I just think he's overrated as a coach. I just think he's overrated. Now, would he come and, and try and, and spark his name back up? It's always a possibility. But I'd be shocked if he left the NFL. And those guys just recycle. Yeah, he's the OC right now. Where a lot of people at? don't just get fired totally from the, the NFL. Giants, right? He's Giants. with the Giants. Yeah. He's the OC yeah. at the Giants. Yeah. You know, those guys in the NFL, they really get recycled. It's hard to just be there like, you're out of the NFL. I think you got to go through like 16 teams and get fired from all those. And they're like, all right, you can officially leave. But, I mean, how many times do you see they're like, hey, on Monday, they, the Packers fired their O-line coach. He's The O-line coach is the Lions now. Yeah, they all fish <laughs> out of the same pond. Yeah, that's for sure. they're all buddies. Yeah. They're like, Derek, hey, man, you know, Coach McCarthy fired me. It's like, can I come to the Ravens or something? He's like, sure. I think Teddy's going to retire. He's been coaching here for 87 years. You know, every NFL staff's got that guy that's been there since, like, right after World War II. They're like, Dan, so can't believe they let you throw it forward. <laughs> yeah, He's shocked by that. He hasn't been able to get out of that. We just got to keep him around, but he's going to retire. We're just going to wheel him out of here. Yeah, we've got a question from Grant Brown. Do you think the Clemson AD – if he wanted to join the SEC, Dabo would let him? I mean, yes, because if it ever came out that Dabo was like, no, please, anything but that. 
take my eyes, but don't put us in the SEC, then he'd get murdered in recruiting. They'd be like, scared, told you. <laughs> like, he said it. To me, that, that hand's almost forced. You go back, yeah, sure. You know, it's like when they're like, hey, man, I get school. It's like you're in, like, sixth grade. Yeah. Like, dude, this ninth grader wants to fight you. He's, like, twice your size. You're not like, nah, man. Please. He calls Venables. We got to get to work. Yeah. It's like, Brent, listen, I made a horrible <laughs> listen, mistake. Brent. Listen, Brent. Calm down, Brent. Calm down, Brent. Stop screaming. Come over now. Strategy, Come over now. strategy session. Brent's like, man, that Southern Miss job's looking good right about now. <laughs> but no, I don't think Dabo would turn him down because he can't. Because no. if it leaves, he they won just, a championship in the you. SEC, man. He's ready. Yeah, look, and I've got a lot of respect for Dabo. But why would Dabo want to leave Clemson? Uh, Why? Well, because yeah. that, that that little stigma attached to it, right? What's like the, he, the ACC? Well, he coached in the ACC, so you really don't uh, that's know. That's true. I mean, I, I believe right? that. Not I that mean, you really don't know, but there's levels to it. Yeah. And you say, all right, well, they won the Natty. They beat Bama. Okay, I get it. That's one game. That's what I keep talking about with Oklahoma and Texas. Stop giving me the Meineke Car Care Bowl when eight guys opted out, including the coach. Like, give me, you went through the regular season. It's like, man, you beat LSU and Arkansas and Florida and Kentucky. And you can say, okay, South Carolina, this, that, and the other. And by the way, can I say something? No. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What's the show called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can. You asked. Bowlesby, the coordinator of the Big 12, said that the Big 12's like the SEC. There's three or four teams that are really good and everybody else is. What are you talking what, about? I mean, what do you want like, to say? Well, We're no, terrible. Well, just don't say that. Why, why? Why are you talking trash, man? Why are you talking trash to the SEC that just came and stole your girl? More than one. Yeah, they stole both of them. You must have been living in Utah. Stole both of them. But all right, let's get to Kiaris Jackson. We're going to get back to the Booster Club. And then words coming in. Hold on. Uh, Stormtrooper 4 told me that Palpatine is on his way down now has from his, the Death Star. Has his, has his ship landed yet? I think his ship's about to. Blaine, you want to go check on to see if his ship's landed yet? John, is his ship landed? I'm going to go check. Go check. Go check for us. All right. Well, uh, we got Kiaris Jackson in here. The ship has landed for Mr. Kiaris Jackson. All right, everybody. Excited to welcome back standout wide receiver for the undefeated and number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs, Kiaris Jackson. Key, what's up, man? Good to talk to you again. What's going on? Glad to be on the show. For sure. Well, last time we talked to you, y'all were undefeated. Come back again. Y'all are undefeated. And, you know, I was talking with Jamari, and we're actually going to drop that interview tomorrow, Jamari Sawyer. And it was it was really about you guys seem to be winning games the way, you know, you always want to win, but winning games the way your guys' identity lays out. And, and whenever that happens, it seems like you guys are playing complementary football in all three phases. Can you just talk about the offense feeding off the defense and special teams and that coming together? Because that's how a team wins over the long haul. Yeah, like you hit it on point, like just making sure we all buying there, especially like us feeding off the defense, being able to defense feeding off us, because it kind of give us juice, especially when the defense goes out there, collect three and outs, that gives offense juice to like go out there and score. Mm-hmm. So with, with what they're doing out there, especially on offense against special teams, it all has an effect on how we play on the offense. And um, just being able to lock in and everybody knowing their assignment and just doing simple better is what's going to separate us. For sure, and, and, you know, really kind of what's been the message this week going into the bye week, Karis? You guys have been playing well. You know, the, the bye week always comes at a great time, it feels like, with, with as beat up as you guys have been. Has it just been, hey, let's get back to the fundamentals and let's get healthy, kind of like a normal bye week? Uh, I can't really say that. I pretty well, much Well, yeah, say too much, not too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah, it's a work week. I mean, this week we're taking us to get better. I mean, yeah, we are 7-0, but it's still room for improvement. Mm-hmm. We have to get better, and especially if we want to do the things we want to do. 
Yeah, and, and Karis, I, I know you guys are, are, are really humble over there, and, and you got to take your hat off to a Kentucky team that's come a long way, uh, you know, in a short period of time. And that was a really physical game, it seemed like, on Saturday uh, against two teams that like to play physical. Can you talk about, even at the wide receiver position, from a blocking standpoint, down the field, doing stuff like that, how important physicality is when it comes down to it? I mean, every time we play Kentucky, I mean, they're going to play physical. Those guys – like they, they have the tough DNA. They tent DNA is, I mean, you got to win in the trenches. And yeah. it was a hard fall game. I mean, those guys, they played field school. I mean, they played all four quarters, as you can tell. I mean, those guys, they gave it all they got. I mean, that's what you expect out of the SEC. You're going to get everyone best shot. So you have to be prepared each and every week because mm-hmm. you're going to get every team best shot, especially being able to enjoy yeah, and, and Kiaris, you know, a couple more, and, and I'll let you ride here. But we always talk about leadership on the show. We talk about culture in the locker room. Really, the three things a, a thriving program needs is great recruiting, great development, and great culture. And it seems like there's a lot of leadership in that locker room and that it's a it's a player-led team, and those end up being the best teams. I know you're a leader on that team. Just speak to that and the vibe in the locker room about everybody holding everybody else accountable. Yeah, I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where they're – they're young guys being making sure they being on older guys. I mean, older guys yeah. making sure they hold younger guys accountable. And that's what that's what separates the team. That's what makes the team great. Just by having leaders, no matter what how old they are, no matter what grade they're in. I mean, we all hold each other accountable. And I mean, that started back in January. We had our mindset mm-hmm. program, just making sure that we all hold each other accountable. Because I mean, it's it's only eleven can be on the field at one time, but we all have an effect on each other especially by being locked in, and we have done a great job so far by keeping guys staying motivated. I mean, making sure everybody's held accountable and that's, that's being a leader, that's the most important thing, accountability. Without a doubt, man, that I couldn't have said it better myself, man. You sound like Inky Johnson, Johnson up there, man. That's that's perfectly <laughs> said. But uh, Kiaris, I I do <clears throat> before I let you out of here. You know, it's funny. We look at the wide receiver position, and and obviously wide receivers want to catch a lot of balls and and play, you know, in a system that throws a lot of balls. But how important is it? to have a run game that keeps those numbers in the box to give you guys the matchups outside that you want. We talk about complimentary football. That's another great example. Yeah, I mean, complimentary football, like you said, like as a receiver, you're not going to get every ball, but it's not even about that. Once you get in your mindset that you want to win football games, that's that's the main important thing about winning. We have to run the ball 50 times a game then so be it. Let's go out there and block. Let's go show let's go show guys who can do without the ball in our hand. And that's the fun yeah. part sometimes, especially creating explosives for the running backs and just seeing those guys spring loose especially off of a big block. So I mean it's fun sometimes man, that just being out there, yeah. being able to block, showing your capabilities what you can do without the ball. Yeah, and it's man, you're exactly right. That winning mindset and it's contagious. And you guys obviously have it. I know you're going to keep grinding. Kiaris, I appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy the bye week. I know y'all are going to still work, uh, but it, but enjoy the bye week, man. And uh, excited to talk to you later as the season goes. Yes, sir. Thank you for having. Kiaris, always a good time, man. Good to see him. Always man. stud. Look. Look, too, we uh, talked to him a little bit uh, before, kind of about, you know, the messaging and stuff all week. And it's just it's so cool being able to find the perspective from the players. And they're not going to tell you exactly what's going on. They don't need to. But you kind of get a feel of of how it's going. And the complimentary football, that's something we talk about on the show all the time. It doesn't get talked about enough. We'll specify the offense. We'll specify the defense and even sometimes the special teams. But it takes such a special group for those three phases when one – you know, it's it's very rare are all three playing 
excellent at once, but they never, you never see, and if one side isn't playing great, and we haven't seen that a ton from Georgia, the other side really steps up. So they keep playing complimentary football. That's how you don't lose games. Yep. They, you let other teams. They don't seem games. like a team who has a championship monkey on their back. No. They're playing and loose. And they're older, they're too. They're confident. But I he mean, said something in there. He said, we've got younger guys that are police and older guys, too. Good. That's when you know you're mm-hmm. cooking because the younger guys have understood, all right, we get the standard. We talk about Alabama all the time. We get the standard. Not only do we get it, we're going to uphold it. We're going to prove to you that we get the standard by making sure that you're following the standard. It's it's amazing. It's a back and forth. It's a trickle-down thing that works. All right, guys. It's Thursday. It's an emotional time of the show. Uh, just found out that the Dark Emperor, we've been 80 and 55 on the year. It's been an amazing year so far. Should have gone 4-0 last night. Uh, really kind of let me down on the over. We only scored thir- three points in the fourth quarter. That's what we're doing now. But... Uh, as usual, it's Thursday, so it's time for Thursday Bets. Oh, my gosh. There he is. <laughs> Let the hate flow through. Let the hate flow through. <laughs> you know, he looks, every day he looks different to me. He did it again, did it again. Now he looks like, what was the, the assistant's name on Young Frankenstein that helps him out? <laughs> Oh God! What was his name? What was his name? Somebody in uh, that's listening or watching right now is screaming the name of the hunchback Tell assistant. Him, put it in the chat. That's put what it we in have the chat. It. What is his name? Igor. Igor. It's, it's Igor. Igor. It's Igor. It's Igor. I think Igor. It's Igor. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so we're gonna start with me, and then we're gonna get to Blaine Patine. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> my favorite part of the show. Like if the show ever just tanked, I'd still get a kick out of that. I'd go back and watch that every time. Here's what I got. And the worst part about this is we make our picks in the morning, and then we just hope the lines don't change by the time the show comes out. And, of course, two of the three that I had moved. Like Adam Elton before he was born. All right, so I did have Charlotte TTP over 23-and-a-half. Somebody heard me in Vegas. It's at 24-and-a-half now, but I'm not backing down. Okay. I'm not. Look at me, Las Vegas. Now stop looking at me. Don't ever look at me again. All right, I'm taking the Charlotte TTP over 24-and-a-half. All right. Give me ULL playing Butch Jones and what attempts to be a tackle football team at Arkansas State. Give me ULL, and yes, I will call them ULL. I will not call them the University of Louisiana because it just makes me think that that Coach Klein's playing Red Bayou in the Bourbon Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to take ULL first quarter minus six and a half, and then I'm going to go back to Charlotte and FAU. And originally the over under was 56 and a half. It jumped up to 57 and a half. Charlotte couldn't tackle an addition problem in a second grade classroom. FAU's got more holes than Swiss cheese in the secondary right now, and Reynolds has some witch to him at quarterback. Give me the over. Charlotte and FAU, 57 and a half. Right. It's an air war. All right. And, oh, by the way, I have a sharp ULL minus 17. Took it Monday. It's up to minus 18 and a half. But Jones Arkansas State, don't you guys play good tonight? So you have the minus 17 and you have them in the second first in quarter. The first quarter. First quarter, first minus quarter. six and a half. Let's get the ball. Let's take the ball on the road. Let's march it down. I'm feeling 17, 14, nothing. 14, three, first quarter ULL. Okay. We're handling business. All right. Blank Patine? I wish the people that listen to this could see this. I try and describe it aesthetically as possible. So, me and Obi Wan had a couple of brewskis last night. So, yeah, you and Obi Wan. This is what I got. One and one. He said brewskis. Brewchachos, bro. Oh, yeah. Don't come at old pal. USC. All right, listen. 
All right, so I'm taking. I'm double dipping on ULL. Okay, I respect I like, it. I like U- ULL's hot right now. They are. They're hot right now. Arkansas State, not, not stopping anybody. No. I'm taking them second quarter, minus four and a half. Okay. Big second quarter, guys. Second quarter. Minus four and a half. Minus ULL. Four and a half so ULL. I got them first quarter, minus six and a half. Okay. You got them second quarter, yeah. minus four and a half. I also have. Minus 10 and a half ULL for the first half. They scored 20 against App State wow. in the first quarter. I think it's going to come out hot. I have some sleeper cells in that organization, which I can't tell you. Yeah. But I'm, getting, I'm hearing some great cells. things right now. Palpatine's everywhere. And I'm also taking the two-lane SMU under at halftime at 35 and a half. Okay. I feel like this game's most of the points going to be scored in the second quarter, a second half, excuse me. And I kind of watched SMU against Navy a little bit. Went super impressed. I feel like the defense is kind of going to show up in the first half yeah. a little bit. And I feel like most of the points are going to be scored You know, we argue a lot, but can I give you some credit yeah, on I'll, air? I'll always take credit. I'll never. No, I'm just kidding. You called the second quarter last night. <laughs> Perfectly. Perfectly. They really scored a you touchdown. Can, you can run the tape back. Blaine picked the over in the second quarter last night. 16 and a half for App and Coastal. He's like, I need a touchdown. He's like, what you need? And he described exactly <laughs> what had to happen. And, you know, son of a Von Druk, it actually happened. App State throws like a 45-yard TD. They called him down at the one. They but. scored 14 points in three minutes of the second quarter. And then, just like they always do, they just switch out. Mm-hmm. And Blaine had to wait and wait. And then, oh, boy, from Coastal drilled that I field goal. So that's where I, I was going to get at and here. And that segues perfectly yes. to what you had. Yes. How'd, yeah. you feel? How'd you feel, old Pout, when he, when he nailed that 50-plus-yard well, field know, goal? The dark side has a, a lot of unnatural. Natural ability, <laughs> you know. Well, anyway, unnatural ability that helped me hit. All right, so one and zero. Nice start to the week. I yep. want some ULL action as well. God, okay, but I want it. the ULL Arc State first half under thirty-five and a half. Okay, mm. five touchdowns or fewer. I, I get it, man. Ar- Arkansas State's. You know, no defense, and they've been scoring points. But give me that under. I don't like the full game under as much because I think the second half could get uh, get a little bit ugly. But I want yeah. the first half under. I want SMU minus 13 and a half for I the like full game versus Tulane. Yeah, Tulane I get it. I've been going man. through it. I know they played Oklahoma tight at the beginning of the year, but I like SMU there. Who would have right, thought two Tulane would be 1-5 and five after the way they played against Oklahoma? Not me. Not me. And then I want some San Jose State action, Ooh, okay? But I want action. minus 2 and a half. All right, at UNLV in the first half. All right, I like that field goal or under, and I'd rather take it in the first half rather than the three and a half or four and a half for the full game, okay? UNLV is at home, but they are winless. Yeah. All right? They have not won. Let's have a big week. Let's have a big week. So just to recap real quick, Mm -hmm. real quick. I've got – and I'm going to post these on social media so everybody calm down. Charlotte TTP over 24 and a half. Come on, Reynolds, I need you. You're like 71% through the air or something crazy lately. I need that to continue. ULL first quarter minus six and a half. Charlotte FAU over 57 and a half. And the sharp for Monday, which I know you can't take now, but I'm going to remind you of, ULL minus 17. Spidey senses off the charts. I'm swinging from buildings, and I'm trying to find Kirsten Dunst. All right, Blaine, what did you have again? I had four and a half minus ULL in the second quarter. I had minus 10 and a half for the first half ULL, and I had the under for the first half of the SMU um, 35 and a half, Good. the under. Okay. ULL, ULL, Arc State, first half under, 35 yeah. and a half. 35 okay. and a half or 30 and a half? 35 and a half. 35 and a half. 35 and a half. Five touchdowns or fewer oh. here on that. SMU minus 13 and a half. Mm. All right. And then the San Jose minus 2.5 in the first half at UNLV. So you've got one tonight and two tomorrow. 
Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it is, right? San Jose okay. State well, plays tomorrow, right? Uh, I may be tripping. I may be tripping. I thought it was three tonight. tonight. There's I four games tonight. I think the San Jose State games like tonight at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I won't find tonight out. Tonight at 3.30 in the morning. I won't find out if I hit until tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly. I was yeah. going to say, what's the over-under of Cone actually getting yeah, the watch? Why do you want to take the under Why do you think hard? I picked so many first halves? Yeah, yeah. Exactly I got a seven-week-old. I'm in bed early. Cone's like, listen, that's not the only bet I made today. But no, we'll tweet those picks out as well. 80 and 55, we got. We've been in the green every weekend every weekend it's got to continue i'm looking at you guys i'm looking at you guys but i do want to get to the booster club while we have a couple minutes left over i'm like a golf course right i've been on the green all right we got one from d jameson <laughs> wow, wow look at Trail. hashtag ask Boy. what do you think about southern miss marshall odu and james madison going to the fun belt I think Southern Miss would be a beautiful addition to the fun belt. That U.S. You talk about a rivalry, Southern Miss and South Alabama. That'd be fantastic. Marshall, uh, I know first year under Charles Huff has been a little rocky, you know, Balboa style. But, uh, no, th- those would be great additions. And, look, the Sun Belt's a really good conference. It, re- it really is. It's a lot better than what people think. Um, the quality's only building. Uh, you know, you look at what Mike Carrasco's done in the AAC over there. It's been unbelievable. But the fun belt, I'm telling you, Sun Belt, fun belt, that's a real thing. I, lo- I would love the additions. Got a question here. Here, do you see Caleb Williams maybe winning the Heisman at his career at Oklahoma? Would not be shocked. Why sure. any quarterback at Oklahoma that's worth its salt under Lincoln Riley and that and you know Lincoln's ability to to cultivate different styles of quarterbacks, but really his legs too. When you're able to run, it increases your chances to win the Heisman by a lot. Not that pro style guys don't win it. We've seen them from Jason White all the way down. But the ability to run, it's so much cooler to cover guys that can do both. And I'm talking about from a defensive standpoint, it's not cooler. It's actually the least cool thing that there is but from an outside looking in standpoint watching a guy that can throw a 65 yard touchdown pass and then run for a 60 yard touchdown or make two guys miss and dive in the end zone you have a lot more chance for Heisman moments great example Matt Corral against Tennessee carried the ball 30 times for over 200 yards talk about a Heisman moment even though I know Tennessee's not exactly you know the 85 Bears but you just give yourself more chance and it's kind of more fun to follow yeah, I've got a question here from Drew Greeson, and he asks, could Auburn have a legit shot at beating Alabama this year? I think so. Always. I, that that game, game, number one, that game, and then in Jordan-Hare, it's like a Stephen King movie. It's like how it starts out. It's the out. Bermuda Triangle, It is. Man. You can just get lost in there. Crazy stuff happens in there. Uh, I mean, you know, I would not be shocked if time travels invented in Jordan Hare Stadium in some capacity. <laughs> but when I when, and you got to look at circumstances, Alabama this year has a problem in the front seven against the run. Now, before everybody freaks out, what I'm saying is Auburn I don't think has the personnel on the offensive line to dominate Bama up front the way that Florida did on the ground and the way that A and M did. But they're good enough to make Alabama have to honor the run, which makes them somewhat two-dimensional, which is your only shot to beat Alabama. Your only shot. You have a quarterback that's experienced. The wide receivers are trying to come on. We're going to see if they can put a couple weeks together in a row after what they did against Arkansas. But this Auburn team does have the potential to beat this Alabama team. The gap is not how it is some years where it's like, hey, you've got Julio and these four guys against Greg, Jaron, and Todd. And good luck, guys. It's not that situation. This, these teams are a little bit closer, I think, than what we thought, than what I thought now. 
now from a depth standpoint, that's going to be the question. The, the, the story of that game will not be written in the first half. The story of that game will be written in the second half, and does Auburn have enough bodies to sustain long enough to beat an Alabama team? And you've got to get pressure on Bryce Young. You have got to. I don't care how you do it. You have got to. You've got to move him off his spot, even though he's been good imp- improvising. But we see he's still learning a little bit, and he's not going to tuck it and run every time because he won't survive the season. I've talked about that multiple times even before the season started. It's a great question. One more. We're going to wrap up. Um, could you see a lane to LSU and a Mel Tucker to Ole Miss move? Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm Mel Tucker, though, I don't know if I'm leaving Michigan State to go to Ole Miss because now I'm having to follow Lane Kiffin. I run a totally different style of offense. Matt Corral's just left. Jeff Levy's going to be the next coach at Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah, ahead and tell you, you guys. You, you, now, could crazy stuff happen? Yes, but I don't. See, I see Lane to LSU. I, I see that. I've talked about that. I was one of the first people talking about that. But there's a whole heck of a lot better chance of Lane going to LSU than Mel Tucker of going to Ole Miss. If I'm Mel Tucker, why would I take that? Why would I take that? No, I agree. But if you look at that Michigan State schedule, these next three to four oh, weeks, you're going to find out about it's, Michigan and State. It's, it's, it's unfair in one hand, and it's fair in the other. The schedule is what it is. You can only win the games that you've played up to this point. Now, is Michigan State just a little bit better form of Iowa? I think so. You take Kenneth Walker away, you take the run game away, and I've watched Michigan State play. There's not a ton left in the barrel. They don't really scare. That's why if they play Georgia, they'd lose by 25 to 30. They would. They wouldn't score. Outside of – I'm telling you right now, outside of Ohio State and Penn State, and I'm I'm not counting Michigan, outside of Ohio State and Penn State, I don't know if a big Big Ten team could score over a touchdown against Georgia. I don't know. That's not a crazy bet. I, I don't. I, I Purdue's not. Minnesota's not. Illinois's not. I don't know if Illinois get a first down. I don't know. Iowa's not. We've seen that. Petrus can't witch, witch his way through that defense. You just try and run the ball and hold on, try and make it ugly and win in the end, which sounds a whole heck of a lot like a Big Ten football game. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, we appreciate you guys. Shout out to the Booster yeah, Club. Yeah, great job, guys. Hey, go to thejboyshow.com right now. Or whenever you have time. If you're driving, don't do it. But unless you want to. And go to the shop. We've got great stuff there. The new Booster Club line is out. Like I said, um, I mean, we're getting Mugatu, Derelict comparisons, you know, a lot of stuff. Whatever line that, that the White Chicks movie had that was coming out, that one too. So you need to go check that out. It's great price, great stuff. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Volume YouTube channel. Hit that like button as well. You guys know we stay grinding. We're steady grinding over here. And the train's not stopping. Got a great show for you tomorrow. More great guests. Got another big-time SEC player coming on and could potentially have some big-time SEC basketball players coming on. But I'm not dipping my toe into that water until we get there because we've got a lot of football season left. Super excited about college basketball season. It's a great time right now. Uh, So make sure you check us out every weekday, 3 to 4 Eastern, that's 2 to 3 Central, live on the Volume YouTube channel. And like the ACC's hopes of making the playoff, (laughs) we're going, going, gone. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn, associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show. The Volume.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com/iheart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.